This episode of the Beer Brawl is presented with no commercial interruption by simplybeer.com. Every day, baby, when the sun go down, I get with my friends and I begin to clown. I don't care what the people are thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. But you're so high. Oh, man, you know I ain't high. But you're so high. Just take a little bit every now and then. All right, welcome to another beer brawl. This is Peter Kennedy of simplybeer.com. Tonight, missing in action is Mark Jackson, but that's okay. He's having fun in Germany at the uh, beer gardens, I hope. So I hope he's drinking for us all right now. In his place tonight, we have uh, a special guest. We have Mike from uh, Leafy Green Info and also from BergenNation.com. And then uh, we have returning once again. I guess you couldn't get enough of it last time. No, I is uh, Terragato, and then also another beer connoisseur friend of mine is James Nash. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and then can't forget Corey. Corey on our sound no, makes time. it all happen. So tonight, all right. So a couple weeks ago, we did the uh, McKellar version of the of the beer brawl using only McKellar beers. This time we're going to do Allagash beers. I went to a beer tasting a couple weeks ago that featured Allagash beers, so I really enjoyed it, so I thought I'd kind of share my uh, experience with everybody tonight. Um, so tonight we're drinking five Allagash beers. Uh, the first one will be uh, the 2009 Victoria Ale. After that will be the 2009 Confluence Ale. Then the 2009 Curio then the Allagash Black, and then the Allagash Hume Alone will round out the night. I hope you guys are ready because these are some big beers we're drinking tonight. Sounds serious. All right. large bottles. Here comes the first one. It cork is not staying in. There we go. So this one here is the Victoria. It, they call it their Tribute Series. So basically they have a couple of beers that they donate percentages of the uh, of the sales of the bottle so this one here is uh, they're donating it to a, a, a mansion they're trying to restore in Portland Maine Allagash is a Portland comp uh, is from Portland Maine so this one here uses it's kind of like uh, I guess a Chardonnay version of um, a beer they use crushed grapes in here grapes? Um, yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of fruity um, it's really delicious. <laughs> they yeah. use really 150 sorry. pounds of Chardonnay grapes wow. per batch. I don't know what a batch size is. It's probably 50 barrels or, or something like that. But uh, it's a lot, a lot of grapes. Um, so this one is a, is a hefty beer at 9% alcohol. Is it barley as well as grapes? Oh, yeah. It is, it is a beer. It's a beer. Uh, so it's barley based. Okay. But they do add Chardonnay grapes to it. Um, and then it goes through the regular fermenting process. Um, they're using their um, Belgian yeast strains. They, they have their own yeast strains that they've cultivated and so forth. Um, but the idea with this one was to get a, a wine-like characteristic from a beer. It's really refreshing yeah, when you drink it. It's so good, man. It's really good. Oh, my God. This is why I wanted to do an Allagash tasting. Because when I was at the <laughs> tasting in Jersey City a couple weeks ago, all these beers were just fabulous. I mean, every single one of them was way above par. So I thought, let's get a couple more people in here and make sure my, uh, you know, I'm not crazy about this. But, uh, I don't uh, think you're crazy. This is, this is pretty good. It's, real good. it's, it's, it's really light. Clean it's taste. refreshing. It's light. Um, it's light on the aroma, too. Yeah. yeah. Very it's subtle. champagne you know? I've had worse champagnes than this. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, it, like, I mean the, the color, it's, yeah. it's very light. It's almost a summery beer. Mm. It's got a great head, too. Mm. Yeah, it's nice and thick. It's kind of got a, a peppery citrus taste to it. Really, It's really an interesting flavor. Although I'm not really... I guess it kind of has a sense of Chardonnay in it. Wouldn't but have I'm known not that. necessarily tasting it without having yeah. read that it was made with Chardonnay grapes. Um, but it got... So, so, so how would you describe what the grapes do to this beer? Uh, you know, how would you describe... I think I think the grapes in this is giving it a bit of tartness. Um, mm. There is a slight tartness to this beer. I, I, it's not from the yeast 
but I bet it's it's from the grapes, the little more acidity yeah. from from Chardonnay grapes is yeah, transferred possibly. over into the into the beer to give it a little bit more tartness, um, which I think at the same time makes it feel that much drier, um, like you're drinking a, I, a barley wine. I, I get more Chardonnay on the nose than I do on the tongue. I get a nice Chardonnay nose, but taste-wise, it's not showing up as much. Although it's a totally delicious beer. It is a delicious beer, and it's got some fruitiness to it too. Mm-hmm. I, I like this. That's so good, man. It's it's one of these great, you know, summer, hot day mm-hmm. beers that yeah, really has a ton of of, of flavors and, and it's complex. Ca- it's really complex it, and characteristics to it without being, you know, a completely overwhelming to mm-hmm. your palate and your mouth, and it doesn't necessarily coat your mouth like a lot of beers do. It's very deceiving because if you look at it, it looks so light. You think it's, you know, yeah. be very, very watery, and mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, since Mark is not here, I'll I'll fulfill his role. All right, you, reading well, the label. Right, Mark's Mark's customary thing is to uh, analyze the label. So we'll let Corey, you know, in, in honor of Mark's absence. And I'm I'm actually gonna in homage to Mark. I'm gonna do Mark actually. So the, the label says. <laughs> Pour slowly into wide mouth glass, and I'm assuming there's a reason. So, proprietor of simplybeer.com online, <laughs> Peter Kennedy, can you tell us why perhaps they might say to pour slowly into a wide mouth glass? Usually, well, the, the glass that they're, that they're describing here is more of a, a tulip style glass, um, and it will help kind of keep the head together, the foam. You notice it had a large head yes. when we poured in these little glasses here. So it's going to help keep it without kind of forcing it together and forcing it up out of the glass. Um, it's also it's slightly wider, so it'll let the um, aroma kind of dissipate a little bit. Uh, so it's not going to be too focused on your nose. Like say like a snifter, which kind of closes the top of the glass, um, which kind of condenses all the aromas. The, a little wider mouth glass will allow it not to be as intense, which I don't think you want an intense aroma with a beer that's really this light. No, you could drink 10 of these, and also with a lot of food in the summer. Mm-hmm. Mm. When, you, when you're discussing the label, you need to talk about the graphics, which tend to be <laughs> you know, very you're, you're do- subtle. Well, Danny uh, <laughs> uh, talks about the graphics a lot. Mark doesn't seem so... so. But I think it's important. Hanging on the graphics. I, like, I love the graphics. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a mishmash of fonts. But it's very it's a subtle, yeah. subtle with base with with the very you know kind of earth. Well, let me color. let me give you a little bit of a background behind the idea behind the beer was, it's a tribute to a historic Victorian mansion in Portland, Maine. So, so if that's you look the at it, mansion on the label, right? There's a mansion on the label. It's kind of got a, like this Victorian style. It's very conservative. The label. There's not a lot to it. Um, it it's a do- like I said, a dollar of every bottle sold goes to help restore this uh, mansion that was built in the 1850s. I don't think it's beer as being Victorian, but... It, but. No. <laughs> no, it's... Miss Allagash? Was that uh, Jack Benny's? Good night, yeah, Miss Allagash. That was... Uh, you are. Calabash. Miss Calabash. <laughs> it wasn't Jack Benny, it was uh, Jimmy Durant. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right, night, so... Mrs. I... Calabash, wherever there you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we have uh, first good one down. The other thing about this beer, I, mean, I said it was 9% alcohol. Doesn't taste you cannot no, taste that anything taste like no, it's, that. It's a little deceiving. It's very yeah, deceiving. It's and, real subtle. And a beer like that, it's 9% that you cannot even tell is a hint of alcohol in it. Yeah. And it's such a light color. You know it's going to hit you. It's yeah. a good beer. Yeah. Three of them. Four of them. It's almost like a, a wine replacement. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it might have been the idea using... And how much alcohol does a wine have? Uh, 12, 12 to 14. Yeah, Okay, so the next beer is the Confluence Ale. At the uh, tasting I went to last week, this was my favorite of the six that I tried. Oh, the pressure, the pressure. We're we're only drinking three of the ones that I had last time, so there's two other ones that I had not had. Um, But this, out of the ones that I drank last time, was probably my favorite. Um, This is going to be... Completely different than this last beer. Good. Um, whew. <laughs> it took my hand off. Love that sound. <laughs> Peter, I'm looking at these bottles. They're they're large. Clearly a premium beer. Right. Uh, what is the cost of these beers? 
Um, these ranged from twelve to twenty dollars. For what is it, seven fifty? These are seven fifty milliliter. These are, are big bottles. They're all cork topped. Uh, they're all bottle fermented. What is the shelf life of a beer like this? These ones can last pretty long, but you have to keep them cellared properly. The, there's not, there's a lot of alcohol and malt which will help it. I don't think they're heavy on the hops, which tends to be a preservative to help the beer last. The alcohol will also help. Uh, but you could probably store these for three or four years in proper conditions. These ones, if you store them in improper conditions, they're going to go bad real quick. Unlike something that's a lot heavier, with a lot more hops, like a Russian Imperial Stout, will be a little bit more forgiving. Um, these you, you should store really store properly if you're going to. Oh, this is fruity. I know, I know. And first yeah. sniff, you know why this is Peter's favorite. So mm. this here is the 2009 Confluence. So basically, it, it's kind of a, a blend of like a German Pilsner and a Belgian. I'd say golden ale, but they threw in a twist here. They used their own um, Bretomycin yeast here, um, which creates a yeah, tartness a, to it. So it's going to be really sweet and then really bitter. It's like it, a it sweet It has a bitter tart. finish. It's, uh, but it's so quick. It, and it should also be fairly dry. and so. What kind of food would this kind of beer, do you think, would be best? This beer, I had, I actually had this beer with um, bruschetta that had a balsamic dressing mm. on the bruschetta and it was really good. Kind of the, the acidity and bitterness or the tartness of the balsamic and the this really went well it, together. Yeah. Sweetness so. of the tomatoes too. I gotta say, I'm, I, it's a, I, I really enjoy this beer, but I'm surprised that you like this as much as you do because this is a very malty beer. Much more malty than hoppy. <laughs> Tastes like. No, mm. I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't tasted it yet. Besides, uh, for a couple weeks ago, I don't remember how malty it was or not. But so right I off the like nose, right off the nose, it's very sweet and it actually does have a fair amount of hop nose to it. Yeah, it's it's hoppier than the first one. Yeah, much yeah. so. Um, these are German hops; they tend to use in pilsners and mm. so forth. But it's also very sweet at the same time, and you know, like the last one, it's got a pretty big, thick head. And, and like the nice one, it's clear and it's pretty. Yeah. Kind of a light amber. It's got a great head and it foams up in your mouth too, which gives an interesting mouth feel. Yeah. It's highly carbonated. And, yeah. and that's really what, as soon as you sip it, it kind of really explodes. It's very tart and very sweet. And I think that's what I like about this one. I, I like the sour. Yeah, it's like I, sweet I'm and sour. Yeah, sweet and sour. I love the. <laughs> I love tart. I, I really do. I love the, the tarts. I mean that. that. <laughs> he didn't mean that. We won't mention this today. <laughs> so, little joke, little joke. Well, it's interesting. Both of these beers, you know, a lot of the beers that you, that you serve at these beer brawls for simplybeer.com, they, they, the nose is really a harbinger of, of the, the beer, the taste of the beer. Mm -hmm. And I feel like on both these beers, the nose is appreciably different than the actual taste of the beer. And, and both both the nose and the beer are both delicious, but mm -hmm. there seems to be less of a, a causality. Right. And the first one, there wasn't much aroma to begin with, and but it had a lot of flavor. This one, it's you're getting more of a sweetness, almost floral yeah. aroma from yeah. the hops, um, and, and probably kind of some of the, uh, the caramel malts that are being used in here. You get a little bit of that sweetness. Um, but that's what's nice about it. The bouquet is so light. And then you get hit with that bitterness, which yeah. is, you know, kind of a surprise. Yeah, but it does start out sweet, so it kind of does match the mm -hmm. aroma a little bit, but then it transitions into something completely different. And this one's a little bit less uh, on the heavy side than the last one. This one's only 7.5%, so uh, you can drink up on this one. <laughs> now, the, the confluence, what's flowing together? Right, so it's the the German style pills and and then the um, the bread yeast mm -hmm. that they put in there. Um, so it's kind of they describe it as working in tandem um, between spice and fruit and so forth. Corey, do you want to do the label? I don't have my glasses. Let's see the label. Uh, let's see the label. Confluence Ale. Uh, again, pour slowly into wide mouth glass. Now, Peter, MrSimplyBeer.com, 
are all the Allagash beers wide mouth glass pouring beers? Probably most of them. At least the ones I've had. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 all this way. They're all big beers. Are all the, the um, cork topped premium, you know, wine gifty substitute beers? Are, are would they all be well served by a wide mouth glass? Okay. Um, could be. Yeah. You know, it really depends on the beer. Um, what's with the beer? When is a wide mouth glass not a good thing for a beer? Um, you, you wouldn't want it in like a pilsner. Really? Or something. Um, pilsner, you want a glass that's going to hold the head together, okay. not let it kind of dissipate a little bit. Um, the water math glass, the water that glass gets, the, the faster the head will dissipate yeah. um, because there's more surface tension in the air interacting with the, the bubbles that make up the carbon dioxide and the bubbles coming up from the bottom and, right. and so forth. Whereas a pilsner, you want a big head to it because that's where you're going to get all the aroma from. These beers are, have a lot to them. So. You know, pouring these in a Pilsner glass, you're just going to get, uh, you know, a half mile ahead, you know, before you can get to the beer. So, right. you know, you want something that's going to let that head dissipate a little bit and so you can get to the beer, basically. Great. Now, I noticed now that we're having this, se our second glass, that we're, the, the beer is cloudier. Right. So this is the yeast yeah. in the beer. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, these are, these, so far, these are all have been bottle conditioned beers. So that means they actually put the, or these are all bottle fermented. I, I take that back. Bottle fermented. Bottle conditioned means that they're aged in the bottle. Bottle fermented means that they're aged and also the fermentation process occurred in the bottle. So you can go through two stages of fermentation. One is a primary fermentation where you're um, creating the alcohol and so forth and the big vats. And then bottle fermented. It, after that, you bottle fermented where you're actually adding the yeast back in to a flat beer and then corking it and then creating the carbon dioxide to actually carbonate the beer. So this is what happens with champagne too, similar to what happens with champagne and, and, right. and, and the bottles and, and one look of these like beers, champagne bottles. In one of these beers they actually they do corks. use the champagne method. Uh huh. Um, not all of them do they use the champagne. The champagne method, they actually remove the yeast champagne afterwards. Exactly. So are we going to be drinking one of the, the yes, beers? Yes, I believe the black um, uh. goes through the, the champagne okay. method. Um, so. Nothing wrong with that. Drink up. Next beer mm. coming up. Yeah, this, was, this is a delicious beer. I, I, I'm getting from the, the graphics and even the style of the beer. These guys are not shooting for the beer geek homebrew guy. This seems like a premium sort of Nantucket pant legs rolled up. Very beautiful, beautiful subtle. Blonde um, family strolling the beach. Actually I had um, a <laughs> chance to talk to Rob Todd who's the owner and head brewer of Algash a couple weeks ago and quite the opposite. Really? I mean he really is a down-to-earth guy. I don't mean that in a, in a pejorative so, way. It's just, but it's, it appears like a very conservative yes. kind of... Yeah, the bottle's very conservative. conservative. Yeah, conservative. I, I don't think... I, I think that, you know, as we've done so far, the beard speaks for itself. It doesn't need a flashy label to necessarily sell its beer. Mm -hmm. You know, and word of mouth of this beer. And is, how long have they been uh, um, I believe they've been in business for 15 years oh, that's, that's, um, so they're still a young brewery like a lot of American breweries are yeah they're, they're still young it would be remiss also not to mention that on these labels is the year and month of the brewing mm -hmm. which is a nice thing right so you know they'll have a 2007 version a 2008 I think they started making this in 2003 so they treat it like wine like a fine wine Th these like I said you can age even you know on their website they say recommended cellaring temperature. So if you want to age the beer, 50 degrees. So it is like wine. You age it at a, a slightly cool temperature. So. They have a lot of polish, these beers, these, two, these first two. Right. That was, that was one of the things I was talking to him about when I, after I tasted all the beers and, and I was talking to him. You could really get a sense that he cared about the beer he was making. Yeah, they're very he sophisticated. He cared about yes. the... But it went beyond that. He cared about the beer. He cared, cared about his business. He cared about his image of, of the beer. Um, 
It was personal. He was very passionate about that, and it really, you know, it's really spilled over into his beer, the way his, I mean, he, I don't think he's really making the beer too much anymore, um, but the way his brewers are making the beer, you know, his interaction, he's with them and so forth in the company, and, you know, it, it really shows through that they're taking care to actually put together a quality beer before they send it out. I mean, right, right. we've had some yes, beers on this beer bra, which were just like, did they even try it before right. they shipped it out? I mean, what were you thinking? Or did I they mean, even care to ship out a beer that wasn't, you know, sitting in the warehouse for three years? Right. Yeah. No. I mean, they're not large-scale like Brooklyn or Sam Adams or any one of those companies that you, you've probably heard of. Um, but they're so how, much how many, smaller so, scale. So in comparing, compared to Sam Adams or Brooklyn... So what is the difference? I mean, how, how much beer do they produce versus this? Sam Adams group? Is, is the biggest, second biggest, second biggest independent. Right. Craft Ying, Yingling is the largest. Mm -hmm. Sam Adams is. Yingling is really the largest. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they only distribute to twenty-seven states too. I love Yingling. Um, but you know, Brooklyn Brewery makes two million barrels of beer a year. Um, they probably make fifty thousand. I remember that. reading that, uh, watching the Beer Wars movie, and they were saying how, and and some people might know my love for Dogfish Head, but they were saying how Dogfish Head, which is a huge brewing company, is makes up one percent of the craft brewing industry. Mm -hmm. Right, the craft brewing and, industry only makes up like and they make four percent <laughs> of the beer industry. There's a right. movie called Beer Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's awesome actually. Documentary or documentary? It was it was shot li uh, presented live. You had to go to the day, to the um. To the theater on a certain day it was on a Thursday night or something, and they had Sam from Dogfish Head and. Um, so is this available? And, and Greg, it, it's it out on DVD now. now. I just actually just got an email from um, the woman who who produced it. It was a great thing. They had a, a before and after live um, discussion, and Greg from Stone was there, and a couple people, and the brothers from Beer Advocate, they were there, and it was a great great film, and it showed how the beer progressed, both you know socially and economically and sustainably and you name it like and around like for people and now it's just this huge industry with this little tiny percentage of the population yet the people who are into it love it and love doing it for that reason you know so it's really a powerful type of type of thing and this shows you know like this is one of those things that shows yeah Amheiser Bush no so we say uh, Sam Adams second largest brewery in the United States independent American owned brewery in the United States, they, their total uh, yearly output is less than what Amheuser-Busch throws away, spills. Yep. Oh sure. my God. Sure. Yeah. So they're making four or five million barrels of beer a year, and Amheuser-Busch spills and, and yeah. discards. And rightly so. It was interesting that. in that film. Can't if you spell watch it, it. You got to check out. You have to pay close attention to the amount of beach wood that they put into the bud tanks. You have to check <laughs> it out. It's, 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 it's a sliver. <laughs> you have to look at it. I can't even give it away. I don't want to ruin the film. Yeah. But the beach wood is like. Well, I would think you, Mr. LeafyGreen.info, would, would applaud that. You don't want to waste precious beach wood resources. <laughs> That's beach true. Renewable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't want to waste uh, random wood, but I also don't want to. Speaking of random much. wood. <laughs> Our right. next beer up here is... Um, good segue. Yes, good segue. He's getting really good at these things. Yeah. All right. I'm totally impressed. <laughs> Got to move on here. You know, people only listen for so long. <laughs> okay, we All right. So here we have, um, and I believe it's pronounced Curio. So Allagash, one of the, their probably best known beers, aside from their white beer, is their triple. It's an, an absolutely amazing beer. Uh, we had it on uh, one of our, when we did American versions of triples. And aside from Le Fin du Monde, it was the next best, yep. right? You know, neck and neck. Well, anyways, the Curio here is their triple aged in oak bourbon barrels. Speaking of wood. Yeah, Speaking of wood. <laughs> to so, what is the alcohol see, content of this? This one is 11. Oh. So here, this one here, they actually, on the label, very prominently, say this was bottled in May 2009. Can I say that? This is a beer that you should age. And I had the pleasure drinking a 2006 version of this yeah. at that tasting. and What was that like? Whoa, unbelievable. In what way? Smooth. The, all the flavors are just really well blended together. 
you know, the oak becomes less prominent, but the, there's still that oak flavor and the vanilla and the... So we're going to try something that's very young then. Very, this is very, very young, young. Um, but it's still... I, we'll see. I, I'm not going to try to taint your taste buds here. That was the... That for, for the... For the high alcohol level of these beers, I'm not really feeling too sloshed yet. We've, we've been pretty sloshed at this point in podcasts prior. Last so, time I did this, I couldn't walk home. Yeah, couldn't walk. <laughs> but, but, but honestly, I mean, I, I feel pretty good. We've, we've been drinking, you know, a fair amount of beer here. I don't yes, know. this is our, our 21st yeah. podcast. So we've done this uh, a couple of times before. So it's legal drinking podcast. Yes. <laughs> this is our legal drinking podcast. Here, it's, I mean, we're getting slightly darker in color. I mean, this one's got a little bit of an orange hue to it. Um each one of the beers that we've had so far has gotten slightly darker. It's not clear. This was a little cloudier. Yeah, yeah. a little cloudier. Yeah. It is going to be a little bit cloudier. Um, the head's a little bit more airy. Uh, it's still pretty thick, but the mm. bubbles are a little bit bigger than the last ones that we've had. Um, and it also looks to be fairly carbonated. You can see the carbonation of bubbles rising through the, the beer here. And it's really very smooth. It's got a great finish. So the the note, I mean, even, oh. even before you get to the flavor, I mean, the the aroma on this is just oak and vanilla. Mm. No, I know yeah. my taste bud is not as good as you, but honey. Does anybody taste honey? It's sweet. It's a little smoky. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's... Oh. Yeah, I, I, it's I really love the aroma on this beer. I mean, if you can really get your nose into it, you can really pick out the oak and the oh. vanilla. And a I little could bit dab of this orange. behind my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so they aged this one in, in Jim Beam barrels for eight weeks oh. in their well, cellar. And, oh. and it works. It's a good idea yeah, to do that. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't well, imagine I mean, this getting better I mean, when it's, once it's aged. Yeah. Oh, my it, goodness. It, it, this is, this I mean, takes trouble to the next level. Right. So, so first of all, their, their base beer here, the triple, is already so an exceptional beer. beer. It's a great beer in and of itself, but then you add the oak on top of it and you really end up with something that's quite complex. So how much is this bottle of beer? Uh, I believe this one was, yeah, yeah, this was $19. So here's the thing. $19.99, because I wanted to buy two of them because I knew we were going to drink one tonight and I wanted to sell her the other one, but at $20, I was you're, like... You're going to a friend's house. You've been invited as a guest. You, you generally do what I do, which is you, you run to Shopper's Vineyard and you get a, a, a bottle of white wine, uh, generally Australian, with an animal on the label. It's $15. And, uh, and, you know, you give it over, and as the obligatory thank you, oh, you shouldn't have, blah, 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 blah. They never get to the bottle, of course. And it just, you know, it's whatever. It's, it's one of these things. Yeah. Right? Instead of doing that, bring a bottle of this. But, They'll but, remember but, it for their whole life. <laughs> their whole life. I, 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 I beg to differ really? with you. Okay. You can bring the bottle of beer. People, I don't think, are, unless you have a beer aficionado, they're not going to really understand what you're giving them. Right. And they're not going to really drink it and appreciate it. But that's, that's why... I think maybe it's something they, like the um, Victoria here may be a better transition for them because mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot lighter. The oak may kind of scare people off a little bit because it is a very pronounced flavor. But if you're going... If you're going to somebody's house that enjoys beer, good beer, right. definitely yeah. uh, it's right. worth but it. But on the other hand, you might expose them to something they've never had, and they might love it. Yep. But and, I, think, and, I think they need to be educated uh, beforehand. Right. I, th I don't think you can just drop it. I mean, Corey, you can come to my yeah. house anytime and bring the beer. But <laughs> I think with do. most people, I think you, they need a little bit of education. Or you need to be, be willing to educate them as they drink. Because otherwise so they're going to think you're dropping off something like a $3.99 yeah. yeah. beer. <laughs> yes. No, this is a very yes. expensive bottle of beer. Right, but people are not going to know it. Which Hundreds of wines always, that are cheaper. I always leave the price sticker on when I gift people. <laughs> you leave, and, and if it's if it's actually low on the bottle, I move it up. Tray <laughs> classy. Tray <laughs> classy. No, it's, that's my middle name. So, but when you're tasting it, you, you get a little bit of the bourbon. Yeah, yeah, um, a little bourbon. You get the uh, vanilla, a little bit of coconut. It's kind of like a campfire-y um, type of smoky. like a metal. Yeah, it is a little this smoky. Is, this yeah. is by far my favorite of the beer so far. Yes, mm. and, I, and I like all three beers a lot. Bitterness but, but, on the finish, oh. the bitterness is really yeah, good. Real subtle though, so yeah. it's, and it's not overpowering by the, the smoky. Peter, how would you compare this to the aged version? The aged version um, was a little less prominent um, with uh, the like 
vanilla and bourbon mm. and so forth. Uh, but the flavors were all well blended together. Mm -hmm. um, it was like here, you, you might have a little bit more sharper transitions between the different flavors. Um, whereas the stuff that's been aged a little bit longer, um, the flavors tend to blend a little bit more. So the oak's going to last a little bit longer. The vanilla's going to last mm -hmm. a little bit longer. Um, the, the sweetness up front is going to last a little bit longer. The bitterness is not going to be as pronounced on the back end. Mm -hmm. um, right here. Yeah. Um, so what we said, this is 11%, right? Mm -hmm. So their website um, actually lists the ABV as 9.5 to 10.5. So based on the year yeah. that you're getting, you're going to have different levels mm -hmm. of alcohol. Um, here, yeah, you're probably right, but you know it's it probably varies. just taking the base label and changing yeah. um, the, the, the number and, and so forth. So here, we got the May 2009 version. There were 710 cases of this made. Um, mm -hmm. That was 11% alcohol. They might have one from July 2009, which may have... 900 cases, mm -hmm. um, and it may be 10% alcohol. Mm -hmm. It all depends on what their triple was when they were making mm -hmm. this. Because I don't believe aging it in oak is going to change the alcohol. No. Um, no. Because the alcohol is solely determined by the amounts of barley right, right. and other the grains that you put in there during um, the brewing process. So aging? generally, we <clears throat> usually leave the leftovers till we're done. <laughs> 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 so we can make it through a podcast. Don't name so names. Terry here has been uh, pouring us, you know, refilling our glasses. <laughs> well, you gently. just don't want to leave it till the end. It'll just get splat. Mm. Besides, says, see how lively the podcast is getting? I know, right? <laughs> right. We're, we're going to be slurring our words soon, and it'll be great. Lots of fun. Oak aging is, is uh, true or false? Oak aging is caramelization by osmosis? No. True or false? No. What is it? No. You're, you're just trying to um, pull out some of the flavors from the oak barrels into the beer. But so the it's a way of barrel. aging the beer. Okay. So you age it, you let the flavors blend a little bit. Okay. The initial base beer's flavors blend. Then you're trying to pull out some of the flavors from the actual oak barrels. So these were Jim Beam barrels before. Why don't they fire? So they're, they're charred. charred. So they're charred inside. Yeah, yeah. Um, generally they have a tiny bit of Jim Beam left in them. To keep the wood moist, right? Well, they, they, whether or not they take them out, that's really take that out is up to the brewery. Well, they could have um, been tried. No, it's probably in there for life. No, yeah. there's actually liquid yeah. in there. No, you can just empty it out. So you, there are probably two or three cups of of bourbon actually at the bottom of the barrel to keep the wood moist. Okay. Well, in between the time it was bottled at Jim Beam and by the time it got to Allagash. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't want the wood to dry out and you know, have the, the, the barrel splinter. Why is Beam giving up these barrels? Good question. Exactly what I was wondering. They only use their barrels once. Really? Yes. Um, apparently, bourbon is the... Uh, bourbon barrels are the original fire oak barrels. The flavor you get from... In the bourbon can only be pulled once out of the barrels. So what the bourbon barrels, I learned this one um, at our podcast when we went to um, the liquor outlet. Oh, we yeah, did yeah. Uh, oak-aged imperial stouts. After the bourbon barrels are done, these bourbon barrels are then sold. Most times they're sold to scotch manufacturers. Right, I've had that scotch. No, you have all scotch. It's the preferred, now is, is now the de facto preferred way to age scotch ah. is actually in bourbon barrels. Hmm. I thought it was just the Balvenie. No, nope. almost all scotch producers now prefer so, to use the bourbon barrels. So whenever they say aged in oak, it's bourbon barrels? Most likely. Okay. Um, so that's one path that the bourbon barrel can take. The other path is to um, a brewery. Mm. So they'll take those, and they can, a brewery could use these three, four, five, that's probably the life of them, um, times before they, they've pulled out the flavors that they can get out of the, mm. the wood, the vanilla. And then what happens to the barrels? Uh, they're probably cut in half and sold at your local um, plant store. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, what they, no, they probably chop them up and throw the shavings into Chardonnay 
to have them aged in oak. There you go. Because that's what they, well, they put the, those the cheaper sort of aging like in oak involves chips. Them. Yeah. And then people who get foreclosed wear them as actually their domicile. <laughs> 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 it's I was really like a rain barrel, but that works. Thousand too. barrel, <laughs> thousand gallon barrels. Well, you taste the oak, you taste the bourbon. Um, but it's not over. You know, my last sip of this was sweet. It's all yeah. on the same it, kind it of turned like sweet somehow. Well, it, it warmed up a little bit while yeah. you, you know you're grabbing it with your hand and so forth. Yeah. And, you know, as beer is warm, they tend to impart different flavors, different aromas. Um, this one might be actually a little chilled. The, next up is the black, which is the Belgian style stout from Allagash. Oddly enough, Peter, this is the darkest of the Allagash I. But it's also the, 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 the dark Allagash eye. The, the darkest, the darkest color. So, well, so, it is a stout. Yes. So it, it should be, it should be dark. But Americans are, are brought up to think that the darker the beer, the heavier the beer. You know, the, the, the more wallop it's going to pack. Um. Which is wrong, of course. That's actually yeah a, a big yeah. huge. So here's a great bar bet. Yes. So you can bet somebody at a bar, which. Has more alcohol, a Miller or a Guinness? Everyone's gonna say the Guinness. No Miller. But I. But most. Everybody will say Guinness mm -hmm. because it's it dark. is that black, dark, you know, oil can. Yeah, you know. True. But actually, Guinness is one of the lowest alcohol beers sold in the United States. Right. right. Guinness is At mother's 4%. milk. At four percent. Is that right? 4% alcohol is what Guinness. And it has good stuff in it. Miller Lite is like one, 4.1, 4.2. Mm. I can I mean, drink a lot of Guinness and nothing happens. Like so that. it's, well, that's but, why. But is Guinness 4% yeah. in, in Ireland? Um, don't know. I I've never had a, stronger. An, a real Irish Guinness. I had it in England. That's got to be similar. <laughs> uh, you know what? If it is, it's probably not by much. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know to, uh, I'm pretty sure they're probably using the same. I think we must go recipe. and taste. There you Definitely, go. we must go and test. I'm down right. to one word descriptions, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I see that. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> Liked. <laughs> There'll be two letters. Mm. <laughs> all right, okay, next up is right. the uh, Allagash Black. This comes from their classic lineup, so this is one of their standard year-round beers, whereas the... Tribute, uh, yeah. A well, the the tribute ones are the ones that they make donations as kind of philanthropy in in Portland, Maine. Uh, then they have their um, classic lineup, which includes basically all their basic beers, uh, stuff they produce year round. And then they have um, they have several other quote categories they use, uh, but the Confluence was a feature beer, so it's more of like a seasonal kind of beer. It's something they're they're making less of, uh, but this is the one of their standard lineup, so it's something they make year round, which is. And I, I gotta I tell you, this mm. is probably like no other stout you've had. So you have this one too. I've had this one. Never met a stout I didn't like. <laughs> it's beautiful. Look at that. Oh, oh, it reminds me of Guinness mm -hmm. a little bit. It's actually a little bit lighter than you might consider um, a stout to be. It's got a slight reddish hue around it, and the, and the head is a no, little... That's shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is a little less, uh, I guess, in the, the mocha kind of color. It, yeah, but it has some of that. But who knows if it's just a... It's got a light head, though. Yeah, and the, and the bubbles are not as fine as the Guinness head. Well, it could be the uh, just the leftover foam from the curio. <laughs> wow. So this here is, they call this a Belgian-style stout. Mm -hmm. So right away, I should tell you, it's not going to be a typical stout. Mm -hmm. It's not a milk stout. It's not an imperial stout. It's not a Russian stout. Um, it is a Belgian stout. So it's brewed kind of with a base stout in mind, but they use... Um, Belgian candy sugar, a little <laughs> bit of oat, so kind of an oatmeal stout, um, and some Belgian yeast, and it, and it really kind of gives you, at least from what I remember, a completely different mouthfeel mm. than caramel, a typical a stout. caramel feel to a uh, taste. So here on, on the nose, 
definitely get the, the coffee and the caramel. Very pronounced. Yeah. Very toasty as well. You can definitely smell the toasted grains. It's also a lot more carbonated. Yeah. Than um, I would typically yeah, most find are kind of in a stout. Yeah, a lo load of low. moderate carbonation. Yeah. I gotta say I like it, but but to me it's it's the most conventional of these beers so far. I like it, but but it is. I don't know that I would uh, uh, I would gush over it the way I would the other ones. Terry's gushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, we, we, should, we should mention the fact since this is radio. She's not literally gushing. She's reached her legal limit, I think. Uh, I think uh, this is lovely. Schwitzing is, what, is, is the, the term. No, it's, it's, it's a really delicious beer, but but I, I, I there seemed to be a, a, an Allagash family sort of... Uh, style or flavor that mm -hmm. governed the other three and this one I, I would not put in that category although i admire it i enjoy it but to me it's not standing far enough afield of a typical stout and i'm not even sure that it tastes so much like a stout that i know it, it tastes it, it, it's very really light it, yeah i wouldn't it's, have thought it was a stout. Light. right if I, if I saw it blind, if I tasted it blindfolded that's exactly what i was yeah. thinking i wouldn't have thought stout right no it it, it has it yeah. has more of a porter mouthfeel to it i mean it's a little bit thin Stouts tend to be used to be a little kind of thicker. Yeah. Mouthfeel. Um, it's it's a little bit lighter in color, kind of like a brown ale. So it really is kind of on this convergence between a brown ale, maybe a Belgian dark ale, um, and stout. Um, it, you know, they... While I like this beer and the, and the flavors, excuse me, um, it really seems like, all right, let's take some kind of style that everybody's familiar with, and kind of put our Belgian different. twist yeah, on it. There's something a little bit different yeah. with it. There's like yeah. a, maybe a little bitterness peppery. or peppery yeah. or okay or smoky or it is a little peppery. Well, it, I, there's something. There's with a thinness. There's a pepperiness and there's a there's a kind of a there's a there's it's a, malty. It's much maltier than I was. Maybe that's what it is. There's a maltiness stout. to it. A stout yeah. should be very malty. Really? Yes. A stout should be it, very oh, malty. So it's mm -hmm. the thinness that bothers me. It's the thinness. Mm -hmm. Because um, I think uh, when I look at it, I do think of Guinness, and I want that yeah. thick milkiness, you know, which I you know, really enjoy. And this is a delicious beer. And mm -hmm. it would, if I had my eyes closed, I'd say, yeah, it's great. But when I look at it, I really want Guinness. Right. It's, um, <laughs> it's a hard thing to fight if you're yeah. making a stout. I, I think as far as what, what a yeah. stout is considered, um, I think the only problem with this one being a stout is the color is too light and there's too much carbonation. Too much carbonation. Too much carbonation. You think? I, I yeah. Mm. I think yeah, it's highly carbonated. Are very flat and, and Th they're not flat, not but flat, they don't but have like, a lot they're of they're not bubbly. They're yeah, very... they're not bubbly. Um I, I think that's the, the two issues. I think the taste is is fine. It's a good Even though taste. it's a little it's thin. A good taste. No question. It still would I would consider the taste and flavor to be that or stout, but the mouthfeel with the carbonation is is too highly carbonated um, to be. Would the beer fare better if it were not called a stout, but called something else, so that it was more of a surprise and exceeded expectations instead of setting you up to expect a Guinnessy experience right. and then and then robbing you of that sort of Guinnessy thing? Okay, uh, no. Okay. No, um, I, I think this fits into a stout with a flavor, the coffee, the chocolate, um, the toast, the toastedness of the malts, very malty, very low hot profile, definitely fits into the flavor and, and flavor profile of a stout. Um, when they're adding the candy sugar, I, I think that gives it a, a kind of a unique mouthfeel to it. Which I think lends to kind of the thinness. You say candy of, sugar. Do you mean confectioner sugar? Or no. is there a thing called candy sugar? Candy sugar. Dark candy sugar. So basically you take water and sugar. You boil it and you boil it and you boil it and you boil it. And you boil it for a certain amount of time. And, it, and, and then you take the heat away and it hardens. You boil for... If you don't take the heat away, you boil for a little longer, it gets a little bit darker. Take okay. the heat away, it hardens. Boil it for a little bit longer... So there's kind of color variations, right? So with more fermentable materials, you get the higher alcohol content. And I think it might be making it give a, a kind of a different mouthfeel as well. But I think the bottle f fermenting 
of this beer may have caused it to be overcarbonated a little bit. And so that's my issue with this beer. One, I had it on draft a couple weeks ago. Tasted completely different because there was not that carbonation to it. What was the difference in the taste? Uh, it wasn't that kind of tickling your tongue uh-huh. kind of flavor or, or, or feeling, but it just had the flavors without that tickling. And, and you take away that tickling, and I think it really becomes um, the stout that you're looking for. What about the carbonation? In, in that, the that, that's what causes the tickling. So, uh, you know, it kind of explodes in your mm-hmm. mouth, and you know, it kind of tickles your top of your tongue and mm-hmm. the the sides of your mouth and so forth. And you know, it, it maybe awakens taste buds that really wouldn't have been awoken had not there been the carbonation. So you're gonna get different flavors. So uh, that's that's what I think. It, the, it just tastes like a stout, but the, the carbonation it. it really kind of takes away a little bit from it. And then the color, too. A stout really should be... Super dark. Super dark. You shouldn't be able to see through it. This, if you hold it up to the light, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know it. It, it's, yeah. it looks like a brown ale. Yeah, that's right. You know? It's true. I think but, I gotta... but Pete's theory, right? You're, are you you're moving from lighter to darker, or lighter to heavier? Mm, not exactly. That, that, not I'm, exactly right. I'm looking at a light beer now, the, the yes. last yeah. one. This yeah. last one Very here. next one, yeah. Um, is so let's let's move on to this next one. So here. Peter, what All was right. the rationale for, for setting up the beers in this order? Um, it, it kind of went. I wanted to go from a beer to another beer that the previous flavors are not going to impact the next beer. Ah. So that's my rationale. So you start with some of this, a Chardonnay, very light. Go up to something that's got a little sweet tart, still very light. Then you're going up to the oak aged. This has got a lot of flavor. Then you go into a stout, which really should have a lot of coffee and stuff. And so here, next one here, we have a big giant IPA. Uh, oh, okay, good. Uh, um, so, but before we move to this, Peter, just let me point out that there's nothing left, or almost nothing, in the previous three bottles. The fourth bottle has maybe a third of the bottle left. A third left. of the bottle left. Well, over. wait, wait. I want to. I want to. I want to answer that only because Peter said we should wait till the end to finish all the beers, oh, okay. where before I was pouring okay. to finish okay, so the beer at the time. doesn't mean anything. No, I don't think it all does. Right. So this one here is our final beer of the night. This is the Hugh Malone, and this is one of their tribute series. And I thought this was a, you know, a great beer to have Lee Figurine Info with us, because this, as their tribute beer, they're, they're really trying to, you know, impart some philanthropy in the local area. And so a dollar from every one of these beers goes to support the Maine Organic Farmers and Garden Association, trying to you know help give back to these farmers who really don't get a lot from our government and so forth. Um, Which has nothing, has nothing to do yeah. with a beer. So, so the leafy no. green, it's funny okay. to bring up leafy green info because we haven't really you know leafy green info. Just quickly, what is it about? Green product reviews. That's pretty much the goal. We do fair product reviews so if something sucks we say it sucks if it's good we say it's good you need somebody you need somebody to give you a, a real eco house that's big enough that to would, handle all the that things would be that great. you handle. somebody needs to tell emerald so i can take his house or whatever's on planet green i don't even know because i don't watch it all right so moving on here to our last beer of the night the all right this Where, is the second see, time uh, this has happened jack ruby a dent what, in the ceiling what? Yeah, right. I can't hear you. It was so loud. <laughs> that, I think that did mark. Is that was that marked there? I have tinnitus side? now. <sighs> wow. I think I think it's uh, Terry. I, I don't know what you bring to this table, but well, you were here the yes. last time yes. that a cork actually exploded I out think of the bottle. You should invite me every time. There you go. <laughs> All right. So here, this is the Hugh Malone Ale. They don't actually consider this an IPA. Who's Hugh Malone, by the way? Who, who is Hugh Yeah, Malone? I was going to ask. Is it Hugh Malone? Hold on. Jeez, people. And why is he alone? All right. <laughs> so he, is he related to Carl Malone? This, this is a highly hot beer, and we're all considering it an IPA, but don't actually technically list it as an IPA. Um, it's made with Simcoe hops, Warrior hops. I mean, these are all big hops they put in IPAs if you want to. I know the Cognizant is not going to need this, but can you want to tell for the fledglings out there what an IPA is? India Pale Ale. Thank you. This is the only thing I know about history is IPA. Yes. (laughs) All right. So uh, Hume Loan is a tribute to um, responsible agriculture uh, practices. 
Uh, they don't actually say who Hugh Malone was, but I imagine he's probably um, some sort of organic farming pioneer in Maine. Also, maybe a chemist, because I'm seeing a, uh, yeah, elements. Yeah, maybe he is. Him. Yeah, no, talk about the label. Yeah, la uh, this is my favorite label so far. It's got a uh, character, Hugh Malone, looks kind of like a cough drop guy on the box of cough drops. <laughs> Smith Brothers. Well, yeah, one of those guys. Uh, less severe hat. He's got the big glasses. It's, he's got the, uh, the, the elements, the, the chemistry thing behind him, which leads me to believe he was a chemist uh, of some sort, man of science, clearly. Beyond that, though, i got to say, you know, I generally bust Mark's balls for, for, for buying into the label caliber. I think the label caliber is largely, you know, yes. horseshit. But the thing of it is, Allagash, the beers are wonderful on the inside. Not, there's no boilerplate, no caliber. To me, no I, I like these labels because exactly. they're just. I'm with you, man. They're they're, they're plain, they're very exactly. clean, very. They don't need to be flashy to bring you yeah, in to no. buy them. Right. And right. it's also Maybe it's almost the, the the opposite of it. Yes. Is that yes? There, if you mm -hmm. look at a whole row of flashy labels. The one that's going to stand out is a non-flashy label. And all these beers, they have like devils and like, you know, Ralph Steadman drawings because, you know, whatever, yeah. Hunter Thompson, all this nonsense. And then you have Allagash, nice understated font, picture of Hume alone, you know, periodic table. And then you, you pop open the beer and it's wondrous. All right. So this one here, like I said, is brewed with a ton of hops. Um, yeah. Very It's dry hop. It's got, a, I mean... You smell this, and it's got it's that citrusy floral, and citrus, and yeah. orange really kind of jumps right out Yeah, you. right. That's right, orange. Mm -hmm. I think orange is predominantly the, yeah. the, the dominant flavor here. I mean, sometimes you get, like, bubblegum flavors and cotton candy, but not so much on... Very drinkable, non-IPA. Yes. <laughs> I like this. It, it's, it's, I do, too. You know, but good. for an, an IPA, which kind of what this is... It's kind of middle of the road, almost. Do we? Are we gonna? I mean, it's eight and a half out percent alcohol. It's kind of a so high you, you IPA consider even. it an imperial IPA then. They might be even an imperial. Yeah. They're not. Being they're not calling point. it either of those. They're just saying ale. Ale. That's yeah. the thing with Jim. Jim's right. I, I think that setting this up to compete with IPAs is unfair. Because it's it's yeah, a little the bit way the way it's brewed, the way it's described. But you know that. Who, it who is described that? as an IPA. Really? Yes. I mean, you're talking about. They say notes of pine and grapefruit and very hoppy aroma. Well, pretty much the only beer you're going to get is either an IPA or a pale ale. This is nowhere close to a you pale ale. There's seven yeah. guys who, who, who could connect those dots? Thousands of people could connect really? those dots, yeah. All right. Um, I mean, you're talking a hoppy beer. What are the hoppy beers? Pale ales, IPAs. This is not bitter like a pale ale. It's not dry like a pale ale. It's sweet, like an IPA. It's got caramel. It's, it's got the bitterness. hop. It's bitterness. You know. It's a little bitter. Yeah. Uh, most IPAs do have bitterness, and you want a bitterness to compete with the sweetness there is a sweet, in the beer. Sweetness in the beginning, and then it's, it's more bitter. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's. But it's very smooth. It's and, very and smooth drinkable at the same and time. Yeah. It's not. Um, I guess when I say middle of the road IPAs, it's. I drink a lot of IPAs <laughs> that are. Hot monsters, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. You're yeah. talking about, you know, stuff you can smell at an arm's length yeah. away yeah. that are just so aromatic, that are so sweet and so citrusy and, and floral. And, and while this is kind of more a tame IPA, while it's still tame, the characteristics of the beer are very smooth and well-balanced and well put together. It's a very, very drinkable yeah. IPA. Yeah. So what you're saying, if, it's, if it quacks like a duck, and if it walks like a duck, and if it waggles its ass like a duck, it's a duck. Even if it doesn't say duck on the label. No, right. I, I, no, I, I have to agree with everything you said. Uh, I think we finally uh, finished up our beers here. Kind of the last, The last part of it is just to give a quick rundown on uh, what you thought was good and what you thought was average or below mm. average and starting from your least favorite up once you start Corey. Uh, you know generally or, it's ladies first but you know five you're right here to my, my left I'm, here I'm, so I'm go around the table <clears throat> least favorite that's hard to say you know I, I, I have to it's off my cap to the Allagash people boy do they make uh, polished 
professional beers. All right, if you don't know, then what no, was no, your no, favorite no. one? You know. Well, uh, my, my my favorite was clearly the the, the Madame Curie, uh, just just the the oak aged the oak aged bourbony. It's Madame just fan. No. Well, just Curia. Know, Madame oh. Curie. Just you know. <laughs> oh no, not Madame Mary Mary Curia. Just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful beer. Surprising, unique, totally enjoyable. Not a squared off edge, completely rounded, warm, embracing, motherly, delicious, caramely, smoky, bourbony, sweet, <laughs> just honey. I think you missed three just, adjectives. Just <laughs> ro rosiny, rosin that fiddle up. Just a beautiful, beautiful beer. Just I've never had a beer like it. Just a really unique, wonderful beer. Thanks, Corey. Terry. All right. First, I want to preface this by saying this is like having to choose from flawless diamonds. And the only thing I'm choosing is the cut. It's a diamond cut. It's an emerald cut. Yada, yada. Princess cut. So Brown I cut. Say, like I went ring shopping <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> calm down. Calm down. Gentlemen, calm down. So I would say, and I'm not going to be as eloquent. Yeah, as my wallet starts Corey. to hurt when you say diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say my favorite. No, really, I went yesterday. <laughs> it's your mother-in-law. You got, you got, you got to be. You be gotta nice. Be, you got to be a rat pissing on cotton ball silent <laughs> when your mother-in-law's. I said the Allegash uh, Curio, Courier, whatever the hell that was. Yeah. That was my favorite. Um, then I will go to the Confluence Ale, Third Victorian Ale. Uh, last, um, not last, uh, the Hugh Malone, and then the Allagash Black. And I went, again, the Allagash Black, it was delicious. It was fabulous. When I saw it, I compared it to a Guinness. I shouldn't have done that. Look, these were all excellent beers. They were fabulous. They were flawless diamonds. It was really hard to choose. My hat's off to Allagash. Fabulous, fabulous. I, I'm. I actually have the exact same order as you, except I can't decide if I like the Confluence or the Curio. I don't know which one is my top. I, I like this sweet and sour of the Confluence. I think they are very. They offset each other kind of perfectly, and the Curio is that unique triple, which I love. That triple is great, and I've had it many times. But with the oak aging of it, it really has a different shape it's like a, it's a whole new obviously it's, it's a, a completely new, different it's a beer. completely beer, different beer but it's it's unique to be able to say okay look at this and then let's change a flavor profile to, to be completely different so i'm not sure they're tied for number one and two it'd just be easier to say that there you <laughs> go cool thanks mike i agree with terry these are all really <laughs> outstanding beers I, I i'm delighted to have tasted every one of them uh, um, and I, I my favorites if I have to pick favorites uh, that's not hard to do I, I, I like the um, curio better than any any of the others um, and second would be the Victoria ale which was surprisingly delicious and love the mouthfeel love the flavor love the refreshingness um, and the confluence after that uh, but I'm delighted with all five of them cool works for me yeah um so you're right the uh, the allagash is i mean these these were around these were great beers and yeah. um you know for me uh as far as the five that we did tonight uh, i think the allagash black um was just way too carbonated for what a stout should be i don't know it's probably out of the five my least favorite but you know like terry said you know, it's a difference between a circle cut and a princess cut. I mean, you know, it, it was a good beer. I think it hit the mark as a stout, but in taste, but as far as the mouthfeel goes, that orbital carbonation and the color was just too light. Uh, next for me was the um, Hume Alone, which I thought was pretty well balanced, uh, but kind of left me in the middle of the road as far as an IPA and what I like in an IPA. All right, um, next for me was the uh, Victoria Ale. Um, I, I really liked the light, refreshing, kind of wine-like qualities of it. Um, if you want a white wine-like beer, this would probably be probably good go with, with mussels and, you know, seafood, stuff like that. Really well 
well done beer. Um, and then I, I kind of tied at the top, as I think everybody else did tonight, between the Confluence and the Curio. And I think I'll distinguish them this way. Hot summer day, I'm going with the Confluence. Yeah. Cold day, I'm going with the Curio. I can Very see good that. point. Yeah, um, so, Excellent. You know, yeah. the oak aging, it just, it was spot on. You know, it wasn't over-oaked, it wasn't under-oaked. You still got other flavors besides oak and vanilla. So it was it was well done. The confluence, the sweet tart, I, I really enjoyed that. I like the sour beers. I, I think we're going to have to do a podcast with sour beers. Definitely. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I, I'm liking some of these, especially some of the IPAs with bright yeast. Those are really good, too. Um, but sweet tart, it really worked well for me. So I think between the two of those, hot day, Confluence wins, cold day, Curio wins. And uh, I Fair think that, that about wraps it up. And I want to thank Corey for doing the sound, Terry and Jim and, and Mike from Leafy Green Info. Appreciate you guys uh, taking part tonight. And Mark, sorry you weren't here, but uh, you better be uh, recording something good at Polliner for us. Good night, Mr. Jackson, <laughs> wherever you are. <laughs> Well, thank you everybody for, for doing the podcast this week. I want to thank Mike from Leafy Green Info and uh, BergenNation.com. I'm Peter Kennedy from SimplyBeer.com. I add content several times a week, so please leave your comments. I like reading them. You can follow us on Facebook and Simply Beer. So I'm Peter Kennedy from Simply Beer saying goodnight and may your pint always be full. I'll be back tomorrow night and drink some more. I don't care what the people are thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. But you're so high. Oh no, you the one drunk. Look at your eyes, man. But you're so high. Don't you tell my lady now. Well, I ain't here, but, but so four, five, six, seven.